street We encourage and inspire Yeah, 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 yeah Live from the Gen Studio We enlighten and support each other We're promoting positivity Positivity, friends in ministry Tell us where you've been Tell us what you've seen Friends in ministry Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to Friends in Ministry. I'm your host, Ricky Ricardo. Welcome to Friends in Ministry. Friends in Ministry, where we encourage and inspire, um, you know, for persons who are just joining us. Friends in Ministry is a podcast where I speak to my fellow friends who are also in ministry, you know, just about, you know, their experiences, just about, you know, their journey. And, you know, our guest today, you know, has been in ministry for, you know, a long time. You know, we go way back, you know, he <laughs> attends Faith Temple um, Pentecostal Assemblies at 11 Philip Road, which is, you know, headquarters for, you know, the organization, my home church. Um, he's an evangelist. Um, he's also a lawyer by profession, you know, so we'll be, we'll be talking with him, you know, about that. He is a choir director and, uh, you know, a musician, you know, has, you know, a passion for singing and, you know, vocal, you know, um, teaching and, you know, stuff, things of that nature. So, you know, we'll be speaking with him, you know, um, regarding those topics, none other than evangelist Gwen Gray. Welcome to Friends in Ministry, bro. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes. I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. So first question, you know, I normally always um start off by asking the guests, how are you doing? You know, um, what's going on with you? Well, I'm recovering. I am. I was not well for the past two days. But I'm feeling better now, and I'm getting better. Hopefully, as the as the time goes by, yes. I will be much better. All right, that's, mm-hmm. I'm okay. That's, that's good. That's good. Good stuff. So, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you currently attend, or you know, you grew up, Faith Temple, um, in Kingston, Jamaica. Yes. You know how? What was your experience like growing up in Faith Temple? You know, cause I've I've seen I've seen I remember seeing a picture. You know, you you grew up in in um, Faith Temple. I remember you was on. I don't remember it was some children's choir or some youth choir picture that that was out there. Yes. Um, so you know, so you know, you you've been in Faith Temple from a tender age. So you can say that I was actually born in the church. You know, I yes. was actually born in the church. Because I, my, my mom, my mother attended the church at a young age. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, I went to church with my grandmother. Uh, when my mother left, I came to church with my grandmother. And I, I was very close to her. And I, she grew, while my other brothers didn't want to come to church, I had this passion for, for faith temple. There was something right. about Faith Temple at the time that I loved growing up. 
I yeah. in Houston at a time because I got saved in, in the year 1994 at the age of nine years old. Mm. And I, I, I was just in awe yes. then of yes. Faith Temple because Faith Temple, the, the mute, the choirs and everything like that. I was, I was so fond of the choirs from, from when I was a child growing up. It's right. most, most importantly, the senior choir. I had so many role models there, Sister Simmons, Evangelist Simmons at the time. She was there. I was, as a child growing up, I just admired her singing in the choir. She's not mm-hmm. after Simmons. But at the time, I, I just, I just, I don't know. Faith Temple was just Faith Temple. My, yes. my, my growing up. Throughout the years, I've seen many changes, many mm-hmm. persons come and go. Yes. Um, but and many I've seen many experiences, but I the love that I have for Faith Temple is 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 very deep. It is mm-hmm. home wherever I go. In fact, I live in Mandeville now and I travel to Kingston every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Had it not been for COVID, but once there's church, I am right. there for church. Yes. Um, so I still travel to Philip Road for a church, or there's there's a branch in Don Robin, which I, which yes. I can attend. Yes. But I still go to my church, Philip Road, because Philip Road is where I was grown up. And I I have no regrets. I, I will have no regrets growing up in Faith Temple because it has made me who I am today, the good mm-hmm. and bad I've had experiences, bad experiences where you're scolded and you're corrected and molded by others, by your not, but it's all collectively has made me to appreciate yes. the experience of growing up in church. You understand? Yes, yes. I can't explain it, but yes. growing up in church, I, I was nine until now, and I'm saying that it was all easy. Right. Saying, there were times when I didn't make, didn't drift a little, but I was never too far gone because right. I was always, I always loved church. So even mm-hmm. if I was not even, even Monday to Friday on my best behavior, mm-hmm. once it's Sunday, I'm in church and I am, I am, I am, I am, you know, in the presence yeah. of God. Yes. So that so growing up in church, I and my grandmother up until the day that she died, my grandma, I I moved because and the choir to the choir was what kept me one of the things that kept me because not long after I got baptized because you know you have to be but then you had to be baptizing yes. you had to be filled with the Holy Ghost yes you could be on the choir if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost and it was it, because I wanted to be on the choir it mm. just I just wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost and when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And when I became a member of the choir, it was like, there's no better feeling. <laughs> so that day, it was a convention in 1996 that I became a member of the Faith Temple Choir at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember that Sunday evening in convention when I put on my uniform and I was going to Thanksgiving service. You, you couldn't find a happier person. I was very happy. <laughs> and it has kept me to this point you now that I'm not really too much on the choir. That I know, well, now that COVID is around. Right. It's not choir, really. But it has kept me in, in my music ministry. Mm. To, 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 to. So, right. it was, I have no regrets. It was a good experience. Good, good stuff. Uh, good stuff. Bottom, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 
Right. We um you're you're currently, you know, under the tutelage of Pastor Simmons, but before, you know, it was, you know, Bishop Robotum. Um yeah. yeah, so it's not like you mentioned. I was very dedicated, you know. I, I mean growing up. Yeah. I, like every there was a time because I lived in Spanish town at the time. At the time, Bishop and Bishop the late Bishop Robotum and Sister Sadie. And yeah. Pastor Simon did a night service. And when I leave my house Sunday morning for church, mm -hmm. I'm not back home until in the night because I'm staying over for the night service. Yeah. And they would provide me with dinner. They would provide me with dinner. And they, I, those were the things that I grew up on. The, the fellowship of, of growing up and dedication to church. So I remember those days. It was a good experience for me. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. So, you know, the teachings and so on that, you know, you, you would have received because in the church, you know, the, the, the older, you know, um, leaders and so on, they observe and, you know, they, they, they know, you know, certain individuals that can, they can elevate to certain position. As I mentioned, you know, you're not an evangelist. But, you know, tell us about what that matriculation process was like going from, you know, just Brother Gwen to Evangelist, you know, Gwen. What was that process like? Because now you you would have an official, you know, capacity to, you know, do more things and so on. So what was that process like? Well, from, well, how would I put this? Because you see, I think... I think, how would I put this? Let me answer this as best as I can. Yeah. Uh, I was not really too focused on that, being appointed, that kind of thing. I was really focused on that because I didn't even know I would have been appointed, to be honest. You understand? It's just my, I just kept doing what I was doing. And mm -hmm. I think my appointment came really because of my leadership, leadership, the posts I held in leadership. Mm -hmm. Where the crowd is concerned, because I was, I've been operating in that post for quite some time, many years. Yeah. Over, 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 as far as far back as two thousand and four, from I was very young, I've been directing the choir and I've been teaching the choir as far back as that. That's it. I can recall. Yeah. You understand? So yeah. as far back, nearly twenty, twenty years, I've been teaching the choir so I, when I was younger. So being that now and I guess the my lovely pastor observing the leadership qualities in me I was appointed an evangelist I've never preached before then never preached a word fearful of was fearful of it you know but the ability to, us. <laughs> the ability to, 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 to evangelize two sons you're right right that? right mm -hmm. so I guess that's what me for that post since being appointed an evangelist i have preached some messages and the lord has used me to to bring a word to the people which right i and it's a it's a process and it's a it's a process that i am continually experiencing because i have higher heights to go more experience right. to, to get in that right. era but it, it's a humbling experience because with it comes a lot of responsibility because you are an evangelist, you're a minister, you're an ambassador. And not, you, just, you don't want to be just a, 
having a post, but you want to be effective in your post. You want to not just have a post in name, but you just want you want to to ensure that you are living up to that standard of an evangelist. Yes, and an evangelist is not, an, is not a perfect person. They will make mistakes, and they will. They are human beings. Because I remember this is one thing I would say. Growing up, I was very when I grew up. Growing up, I was very sheltered. I was very black and white. You understand? But right. as I grew older, I realized there's certain things you just couldn't. I would I couldn't see beyond. I couldn't rationalize certain things. Mm-hmm. And so, but growing up and having the experience of life. Yeah, you'll understand that life is not so black and white, and and there are shades of gray, and there the, and God has this as mercy on persons, and so an evangelist is not is not a perfect person, but somebody who is pliable to the to the to the hand of God, and who is ready to receive correction in his post as le- as a leader, so that he can lead others. You understand? So we, yeah. we won't get the rule, we won't be perfect all the while, but we have we have a duty at the same time to set an example for others to follow. Right. So right. That situation for me is still go, it's still ongoing because sometimes 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 I still sometimes when I'm in church and I hear evangelist green and evangelist gray and evangelist this. <laughs> It's been a talk, you know, that kind of thing. Me, because I'm still used to Brother Gwen and you know yes, that kind of yes. thing. So that kind of, it's, it's, I'm still getting used to that. But to God be the glory, great things He has done. Amen. Great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. So, you know, you 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 kind of touch on it or alluded to it somewhat, but you have a lot of saints these days that are very big on titles because you know you 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 mentioned that you wasn't necessarily that focused on you know evangelists you know per se but you have persons going that are big on titles like if they if they are appointed to a certain title like it's something that you know they they hold very you know if you ever call them like some for example if somebody ever call you brother Gwen, there are persons that would be offended highly you know by that so you know you have a lot of persons that worship you know titles so to speak what's your views on that in ministry because sometimes you know i think persons get carried away with whatever their title is as supposed to as opposed to focusing on you know whatever ministry that they they they, they have well, my view on that, well, my view would be, you see, yeah, you are not to focus on the title, your title, because if you're, if you're, you're, if you're the substance of your existence is just in your title, then it is in, ineffective. If you mm-hmm. ask me, you understand, yeah. and God, if you're, if you are focused on your title, it's a sign of of being proud. If you ask me as well, yes, you understand? Yes, agreed. Important <clears throat> the work that you do. Nevertheless, however, if some persons, for some persons, that's all that they have. You understand? For some persons, that's all that they have. Their right. type is their sense of entitlement, their sense of accomplishment, rather. And if it seems, if it makes them feel better that you address them by their name, then once you know it, I, 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 I. I wouldn't have a problem, you know, acknowledging it and 
getting to, um, acknowledging their wishes, but it ought not to be the focus. And as I said, if it is that you are focused on the title and not the work, yes. then you're, 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 you're on the wrong path. But say, for example, if it is that you are both are on the same level, the title and your work is on par. And as yeah, that, it's I, understood. So then again, you would have to on your, 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 your esteem, your, your the, the, the object, what is, what is, what is the root cause of why you're offended if somebody doesn't address you by your title? Mm -hmm. Is it pride? If it's pride, then I would have to, you would have to amend your, 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 your behavior. And I'm saying because God doesn't like a proud person, he sees them as right. far off. So right. I, I would, I would, encourage them not to be so taken up with that okay good stuff good stuff so you know as you 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 know you mentioned earlier the the choir you know being in you've you've you know be, been teaching the choir for a long time you know as way back as 2004 as you you said um how did you know your passion this you know this passion for 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 choir ministry and you know the um, um choir yes choir ministry and vocal you know um training and stuff like that how did your passion for for because we're gonna you know as i mentioned you're also a musician we're gonna come to that part after this but you know you 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 direct you're a choir director um, how did that passion for, you know, singing and choir, you know, develop? As I said, you see, you will agree with me, faith and choir. Back then, I don't, I don't know if you were back then, but years ago, when I was a child, yeah. the faith and choir was, uh, they were, they, was, they were undisputed good singers. The choir could sing. So as a child, at, back then they had the adult choir, the senior, the junior choir, and the young people's choir. The junior choir could sing very well. The adult choir would sing out of their books, and the young people's choir would sing. And just by listening to them, they say, "I just wanted to be a part of the choir. I just wanted to be a part of the choir growing up. I want to be a part of that with singing." And that's what I'm saying. Yes. And when the opportunity came, I remember the late, our late choir director at the time, the late evangelist Anne Marie. Anne Marie Brown. Brown. Yeah. I remember her when I get baptized, you know, I was, I was, I, I was what, nine and she would say to me, you're hurrying up and, and so we can capture you and put you on the choir. And I would go home and I would say, mommy, I want to be on the choir. And then she would say, mommy said, you're too young to go to choir practice alone. And I would come back and I would tell sister Anne-Marie, said, no, mommy said, no, I can't go in the choir. I was so disappointed. And when my mother gave me the opportunity in 1996, it's like convention. Convention was like three weeks, three weeks, but like oh, three weeks before convention. Oh, yeah. And Evangelist Brown came to me again, and she said to me, "You know, you know, you know, what's what's happening?" And I go to mommy, and mommy said, "Yes." And I went back to her, and I said, "I went to the choir. I went to the choir practice." And mm. normally, under normal circumstances, you can't just go on the choir like just three weeks before practice. Like that, you know, if you're a new member, you have to wait. But I, I went on it, and I went on the choir. I remember the Sunday evening convention? The first song that I sang in the choir was "How Many Times Do I Go Against yes, You?" Mm. And Patrice Brown and Brother Denzel Forms at the time they sang that song. 
I remember that because let me tell you something. I don't know if it's a fault of mine, but choir, I listen to nothing. I listen to nothing but choir music. And that's what I'm saying. So it became some part. I listened to, I listened to, I didn't listen to, to, to soul music. I didn't listen to dance or music. I didn't listen to rap. I didn't listen to, to, to do any other music or genre. People, I didn't listen to local gospel. It just mm. choir music. Yes. That was what. So I would sit down. You, I would sit down from morning to night if time would allow. I just be listening to gospel music, just to choir songs. That's how. That's how it was a part of me, and so developing that air. Because I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not. I, I'm not professional. I wouldn't say I'm professionally trained to teach. Mm-hmm. It's something that has experience and developing that air for yes. listening keenly to songs and just because of, it has become a part of me that I am able to to replicate certain things, you know, yes. and can tell when when certain things were wrong. So being a part of the choir over the years, you know, well, under Evangelist Anne Marie Brown, then to Evangelist Hopelin Davis, and then we would we would. I was up to Hopi, which I don't know. She saw that I was because I had an ear. If something was sound good, you could see them actually. It was sound good, and then I, and I would I would offer my assistance. And then through that time, you would see that um, she, I was appointed her assistant back then, and then I would teach the choir the parts coming on. So when you come on to convention, crusade. Um, festival of choirs, anything. Right, yes, I, I will be the. I would teach them the songs. So pretty much, that's how my love for music. It has become a part of me. Yes, I'm, I'm adult. Since I'm adult, and you know, I'm, I'm more experienced. Though I have expanded my my music options. Yes. Not necessarily right. so, so choir but yeah. But then all I, I, I you could see at the time I lived. <laughs> choir music. So for me, being a choir practice was was not a, was not a chore for me. It was not burdensome. It was not bothersome. And I was just I just felt in a in a happy place. Yes. So pretty much that's how my love developed over the years. I I I remember um you know when I just started to you know learn how to be a musician and you know I. You know, at my church in, you know, Hold Arbor. And then, you know, after, you know, I, I guess, you know, coming on and understanding more and more, I remember started to play more at, you know, Philip Road. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I always used to, you know, just admire you you teaching the choir and stuff like that. And I, and I don't know if you remember, but I used to always tell you that, you are the Richard Smallwood of Faith. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. I used to always say yeah. that. Yeah. I, remember. I remember like when I started coming to Youth Congress choir rehearsals, because you know the Youth Congress choir rehearsals yes. from a certain time. Yeah. You 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 would, you know, have those choir ready for if it's whatever if it's convention, you know. Youth Congress, Quarazim, you know, so I, 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 I noticed and admired that, you know, about you. Um, so 
obviously over the years you you would have dealt with choirs and choirs and you know you know the runnings of choir you know ins and out and all of that stuff what, what would you say it is like dealing with different personalities on a choir because you know a choir is a collection of different personalities people from all different backgrounds mm -hmm. you know like how do you deal with different personalities on a choir because obviously you you would know that some persons would have different views or some persons would have you know different um things to say you know or, or so on when you're directing or you're teaching parts or you're trying to get them to buy into to your ideas and stuff like that how do you deal with that well let me just throw this out it's not about buying into my ideas because you may you will agree but based on how i operate is either you take it or you leave it because i i am not one if you're here for choir practice you're here for choir practice if you're yeah. here to be a part of the choir it's one objective so it's really about buying into ideas if you're if you do if you're not, if you're not a part of it you're mm -hmm. not down to stay you have yeah. that option to go however my experience because you have to treat people with respect, mm -hmm. respect. and when i started my experience is when I started to went to, has changed depending as the journey went on. Because when I started, I was very, very young. I was very, I was at least 20. And I've done, yeah. and yet people, I know I'm a bit old, I'm in my 30s. And I've done, uh -huh. so you have persons who are older than you. Yes. Your mother your grandmothers, your, 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 your senior persons, men, senior men, mm -hmm. your, at the time, elders, deacons, and evangelist men were on the choir. And you can't really talk to them. You can't talk to them. You can't talk to them with disrespect. Yes. You have to be respectful as a young man. You have to be I have to be respected to the young people. Even with the younger ones, your age, your friends, and the ones who are, are younger than you, you have to be respectful. There are mm. times, I, for me personally, I can tell you it's not a good, it's not, a, it's not an easy feat, especially when you are dealing with persons who are, because I can't speak for the choir I have had to deal with, because you know that we don't, your ability to sing does not hinder you from becoming a member of the choir, right? Right. What that means we take once you can. Some some persons were on the choir who could not even hold a note. <laughs> they said, "No, they're gone elsewhere." And I said, "So, but you, you yeah. have to work with them. You have to make the choir sound. You have to let them." Let them sing, but not let them be heard. You have to make the choir sound good, but not hear the off sound. I have to treat them. You have to you have to treat them as 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 worthy members of the choir as well. You can't say, shut your mouth. Stop singing and chop the choir and the guy then shut your mouth. Or leave the choir practice. Why on the choir? You can't do that. You have to know how to deal with them. So you have to deal with the various personality there are persons they are full of attitude and that's that person the younger ones are on the choir because they're they're just they they can sing but it would and they they're there because 
not necessarily if they had the choice to be there, they would, they would, if they had the choice, they would not be there. Right. Because, because from some source, they are allowing them to be there. And so you have to deal with the attitude and, and time, from time to time, tempers will flare. I've had to apologize for, for you know, because you, 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 you react your instinctive reaction to some some things, you know, it's probably not the best. You understand? And in looking back, you say you could have dealt with it a different way. You could have said, you could have said, you could have dealt with another way. You apologize and you 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 move on. So right. it's, you have to know how to deal with the various person on the choir. On the choir, but I remember I had to deal with I had to deal with this is a situation that I had to deal with, right? Yes. I know this, this this particular sister has been singing soprano. She's on the soprano side, for, so she's been singing soprano from long, long time. And when I listened to her singing, her voice was low, mm. and I said to her, "But perhaps you need to perhaps the soprano is not for you. You need to probably go to alto or tenor." And my, 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 who told me to say that? <laughs> who told me to say that? Here's me a sing soprano. And you're going to put me, you're going to put me a alto, you're going to put me a tenor. And here's me a sing soprano. And I had to deal with the situation. I mean, it became, when I realized what was happening, I said, my God, it is not a personal. Right, right. But I was thinking that the soprano is a high pitch and you're, you're, you're singing. Oh, that is where her voice was. And yeah. so I said, okay, far better fit since you can't manage soprano. It's not the first I'm noticing it either. I've been noticing it for some time, but I decided now to take some action. And it was a problem. And I had to revert from it. I had to just, because for peace to reign, you just have to allow people to, to, to be. So you, you will never know what will trigger off certain people. Yes. One thing, one thing is important that in a leadership position, you can't afford to lose your cool. You can't afford to, you can't afford to, which I've learned because I can tell you, and people say this about me. People say this. If you know that something is wrong, just look at it, look at his face. <laughs> true, I, true, true. I can't. I can I'm trying to hide it. I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to work on that to let nothing bothers me. But we're all we all are a work in progress. And that's what I'm saying. So as a leader, deal with choristers. I don't. I'm right now. I'm to be honest. I can't say that I miss the choir. I'm taking this time to <laughs> recoup and come again because this COVID break yeah. is a good time for me because for me there. For me, for me, you know. Let me tell you something. For me. I took the choir ministry so seriously. When choir practice is over, it is not over for me because I am I am now wondering how am I going to get the, the song across. Right. Especially if it, the choir they were not getting their part. I said, how am I going to get this part? Because you know I don't settle for anything less than. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> if they're not getting it, then oh, I said, how do I get it? So I would go and I would sleep and I would dream about, Lord, what is happening? What, what am I to do? You understand? And I would complain to myself. I said, what? Please, we don't take this thing seriously. Please, we don't take this thing seriously. 
But you have to, it comes with the territory. You have to know how to deal with persons. Persons don't come yes. to rehearsal often. Yeah, they come up and when they come, they throw off the choir because they're singing loud. That can't, you have to deal with, you can't just shout at them and say, okay, you, you're coming, you're missing up the choir. We don't wait, wait, come for You have to. <laughs> You have to deal with them with, 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 with respect. And, say, um, and even when you, 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 you play the part and you sing the part for them the 20th time, it can blaze up and say, okay, let me do with you. We can't with you no more. See what you want to say. Yeah. You just have to stop and say, okay, I'll come back to you another time. All right, so you have to find ways to, to ensure that everyone is treated yes. well. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a hey, it's a it's a it's a great job um you know choir masters choir directors have because you know it's it's you know you 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 mentioned some of them it's like dealing with so much things you know and then you have you you have a certain set that you know they don't want to show up to to the practices or the rehearsals but they want to come and sing and you know you have different persons that just you know. So it's yes. it's it's very tedious having to deal with you know having that approach in how you know you show respect and you know deal but you know sometimes as you say we're humans and you know people react and you know the especially you know someone like you that has a certain a certain level of passion for what you are doing you know and you you don't accept certain levels where certain things is concerned so. I mean, I applaud, you know, having to deal with things in in tactful manner that you do. So, Friends in Ministry as usual is brought to you by the Oli Armor clothing line where you suit up, stand up and stand out. Shop with them today to get your different God's instruments, apparels. Friends in ministry, we encourage and inspire. It's been a minute, but it, they're finally here. So our Friends in Ministry merchandises are finally available for purchase. You can purchase online using our Teespring online store link that will be provided. There you'll be able to purchase your t-shirts, your masks, and signature hoodies and so much more purchase your merch is today and support the movement god bless friends in ministry we encourage and inspire so um you're as i said you're also a musician um you know uh you play the keyboard and you know i, I think you get on the organs too occasionally um, you know, how did your, your, you know, music background, you know, got started? Well, you know, uh, well, you know, when you go, when you grow up under, um, like Evangelist Anne-Marie Brown. Yes. You would have to, at the time, because for me, she was my mentor. I'm not going to tell you. She was my mentor growing up when I was a young child. You understand? She was my mentor before she left Faith Temple. Yes. And I, you know, you, you want to play the music, but you don't know how. So I would go on the piano, there was a piano engine that you just ping pong, ping pong, ping pong, ping pong, until, and sometimes Damien Welch, 
you know, we'd sing and we'd play and we'd, we'd just practice and we'd just ping pong on, on the keyboard, on the piano at the time. And we just, mm -hmm. but it was my bishop at the time, presiding, the late bishop, presiding bishop, Robotham. Yes. I guess I think I understand it was that Evangelist Shannon Wilson as well and Evangelist John Green who had brought it to the bishop's attention. And so I was able to, he sent me to music to music's classes with mm. Cranston Forbes at Wildman Street at the time. And yeah. I went there during my time in 2001. 2001, the year 2001. So, I, so that's when I went to his classes and I, he taught me the various chords and the yes. various music thing. And that's what I was, and I practiced and I was able now to play in church. So I was became one of the keyboardists at the time. If I'm not singing with the choir, I would play with the I would play with the band, play, yeah. The band. Yeah. And then you develop now that to the point where person I'm now one of the one of the musicians, the keyboardists. Mm -hmm. come the second well I did I play the keyboard, you know you have evangelist opening day. Yes, yes. The head of the music unit. But I I'm, I play the keyboard, and so yes, and I've played with with uh, you know. Uh, yeah. It helps. <laughs> it helps with the choir ministry to because yes, I was I was just going to say that. Not only are you able to to you can you can able to to um to assist when the mus the musician because when the musicians were assigned to play for the convention are not there, I would. Go, they don't come usually come to choir practice, so I would have to I would have to be the one playing the songs and you know yeah giving them part with the keyboard and that kind of thing. So I would do that. It, it assists, and I play for church because I I can't tell I'm a musician. Yes, I, I really not I not too fond of the if if I have to sing in like for praise and worship over to play, mm -hmm. I try not to. Thing in prison worship. Yes. Right. <laughs> and yes. Thing is not my 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 forte per se, but I I, I I I I wouldn't say I'm a bad keyboardist. I think I can hold my own. Yes, you can. You can. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. it. So <laughs> you can most definitely. But okay, I mean, I, I did remember hearing that you know you went you went to school, but. You know, you, you know, learn from, you know, Cranks and Forbes, you know, the yeah. great musician. Mm -hmm. um, so for you, what's one common misconception about being in ministry? What's one thing that persons who are, you know, not particularly in ministry on the outside looking in get wrong most of the time? That it can be me if you're not have a life, I guess. You you can you have to find a balance in ministry, and we, your ministry will will make room for other things. You understand? Yes. Some people say like, I don't want to go into ministry because it takes up too much time. It takes up this, and I have this to do and that to do and whatever to do. But if it's something, if it's something that you, it depends on what ministry you're in as well because. It's best to get into a ministry that you love. You right. Yes. That's the first thing. If you don't love it, it makes no sense to go into it. 
You understand? You can't want to be in the hospital ministry and the missionary ministry and you can't stand people. I can't, you're not a kind person, you're not hospitable, you're not, you, you don't have that, you don't have that compassion for the sick. It makes no sense because you would find it burdensome, you'll find it, you'll find it, um, you'll find it, you, you, you'll find it very, very difficult. So whatever ministry that you are in, you have to love what you're doing. So, so, so you can't, your ministry, so the ministry that you're in, you can't be forced in your ministry. You have to love what you're doing. That's my view. Because if you don't love what you're doing, it, it will be a pain. Yes. It will be a, it will be a, a thorn in your side. You understand? It will not, and you, and, and you will not be effective as how you ought to be in that ministry. So if you're in the, you're in the, the singing ministry, just because you can't sing, but you don't love to sing, you have no passion for the singing, you just have a voice, then why people, people, you'll be able to bless people by some persons, just by the sound of their voice, that's the best person. But you won't be able to carry a person to that level of deliverance when, yes. without, your, without your passion, because you have to, to dig deep yes. in that singing ministry. So if you love singing and if singing is for you and not just singing the words and you, you know what it is, then you know that God has given you that gift in singing and in ministry and you don't take it for granted. And you know that a soul can be blessed by the way you deliver something. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to give it to your all and then that when you sing, the person will be blessed and you'll be able, if you just going through the motion, you just people say, yes, nice boys. Yeah, you sound okay. Um, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Bless Jesus. But you won't, you won't get that. Hallelujah. You won't get that, 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 that. You won't get those people jumping and running out. You know what I mean? I get that thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to know what you're doing. And, and even, even, even if you don't love what you're doing, you have to be pliable. Be willing to be used by God because say you don't love love what you're doing, but you recognize that it is something that has to be done. You're not in a comfortable place doing it, but you realize that you are pliable to God and say, God, use me as you see fit. Then you'll be just as effective because you are dependent, you're depending on God, and He is using you as the vessel, not of self. You know what I mean? So there's, there's so many ways to look at it. But you have to, in ministry, you have to, you have to, one, love what you're doing. But at the same time, you have to be able to be pliable in God. So, so I, I don't know if, if the, I don't know what people think about ministry in, in the sense that what they think it is. But I can just say that it ought to be that when you enter, you have to enter ministry that you love. That you feel to be in. Yes. Yes. If you don't, that's why you don't go into that ministry. You understand? That's what I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great stuff. So, you know, I mentioned earlier as well in the brief intro that you're a lawyer by profession. Yeah. Um, you know, a councilman, as I always say. So, yeah. 
I mean, as a lawyer, I mean, how is it, you know, dealing with, you know, different, you know, cases and, you know, and causes, um, as especially, you know, being a Christian, you know, dealing with, you know, certain cases in the court of law and stuff like that. What has that been like for you? Well, well, when you say that, that it is, it is, it is, a, you're, it is a, you're broadening out the scope. But as an attorney at law, as anybody, as a Christian, mm-hmm. yeah. ought to be, any Christian in any job that you're doing, mm-hmm. you ought to weigh, weigh. If anything that you're doing and you, you don't feel, you feel that it is not in line with your Christian principle, you yes. ought not to engage in. Right. Being a lawyer doesn't mean you can't, you cannot, you, you cannot be a Christian because a lawyer does not mean it's not anti-Christian, you know what I mean? Yes. You can be a Christian and you can be an attorney at law. An attorney at law is an advocate. An advocate, mm-hmm. an attorney at law, a lawyer is somebody who deals with the law. Right. Really. Who does legal things, who legal processes, provide legal services, legal expertise, legal advice. You understand what I'm saying? So, yes. As an attorney at law, I, I'm no longer, at, I was in private practice. Uh-huh. When I was in private practice, I, 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 I did criminal matters. I, repre- I represented murderers. I represent, well, person, I would say murderers. I represented persons accused of murder. Yes. Right. And other criminal activity. You know what I'm saying? I've represented them. Yes. Guns, some of them are. Yes, I have. But the question is, do do I believe that um, they have done the mat, done the crime? Mm-hmm. Based on what the evidence that have been presented, yeah, we are of the view that they are innocent, and so we fight their cause. That's right. what I'm saying. Yes, I what I would say to to as an attorney at law, what would 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 Maybe not sleep well at night. If someone comes to me, because I believe, I personally believe, if you do the, if you do the, if you do the crime, if you do the crime, you should do the time. Do the yes. time. Yes. However, I also believe that there, is, for me, it's not just black and white. Because person, person say, yes, if somebody kill somebody, kill, kill, kill somebody, and. What a wicked murderer! What a wicked murderer! And you don't know, you don't know what, the, what the circumstances yes. that lead around it. And sometimes that's why you you have, whenever somebody's being sentenced, you have mitigating circumstances, you no, know, the mitigating factors and the aggravating factors. So you have to you have to assess the circumstance, the situation. You have to make a determination. So if somebody comes to me and say, okay, I have done the, the crime and I want you, you, I want you to get me off. You know, I'm not the one for you. I'm going to recommend, I, I'm going to say, yeah. I, I, I'm not the attorney for you. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't believe in that. And I don't, I don't wish, I don't, I don't wish them bad or anything like that. I just mm-hmm. know I'm not getting myself involved in that kind of thing. But, right. That's a moral call that you have to make as an attorney. What can you, what, what makes you sleep well at night? You know what I'm saying? What makes you sleep well at night? If you can represent 
murderers doing that they have done it. And I said, and then again, you're just a creature of instruction because then I, there's, the law is so, it's so, and I have a, a law is a creature of instruction, really. Uh-huh. So the law bear the bear, bear the burden no, the, the yeah. being the voice of the the accused person in the court. Because really and truly, in a court of law, although un, unless the judge permits, right? Uh-huh. So, 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 you can't just speak in the court like that. If the, if, if the accused has a lawyer, the judge does not speak to the accused at all. If, if, the, if, the, if the accused wants to say something to the judge, the judge says, speak to your attorney and your attorney will speak to me. So they're just, they're just the vessel. But at the same time, it, it, it's something that as an attorney at law for me, it's better for me now because um, I, I am now, as it were, on the Crown side. I work with, with a government ministry. So what I do, I, I, I specialize really in the process. I won't give you what I do now because for, I don't know where this will reach. But <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I for the Crown. Okay. In, in my current position, and uh, we deal with the process of crime. We, we, we go after persons who benefit from crime under the process of crime act. That's what I do. And I said, no. So I don't really have to, I don't really have to, to, to make that judgment call, really. And I right. Yes. Right. But even then, as a, as a, as a, on the criminal thing, on the defense side of things, you just, as, as a lawyer, you have to, perform that, that evaluation in your heart, in your mind. Can I represent this person? Knowing yes. that person. And sometimes you tell the person, you know, and, and there are times when you tell the person, say, okay, you, you, for example, it's a legal aid matter. You tell the person to be guilty. To be guilty. They say, no, they're not be guilty. They're gonna go through the trial. We know that they're gonna be found guilty. You represent them nonetheless, but and you have to represent them at your best. You can't say, okay, you know, there's nothing in the case. You have to still aggressively advocate, cross-examine, do your, your submission and let the client see that you are, you were, yeah. because you can't afford for when the, the, the person is found guilty, there is an appeal on the grounds of the incompetence of counts of defense counsel. So you have to make sure say you you dot your eye, you dot your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. No, you dot your eyes and you cross your teeth. Yeah. You make sure say that even on appeal, it can't appeal on the grounds of the incompetence of counts. So there are many things that people say, many no all liars. Christian, all lawyers are thieves, all lawyers are this, and all lawyers are that. Mm-hmm. There are persons, and, and, and to be honest, let me tell you something, especially in Jamaica, I don't know how it, how it, how it obtains over there. A lot of these attorneys that become, that are disbarred, right? Yes. Are over land matters, land matters. And I wouldn't say, to be, I wouldn't, to be, my assessment, I may be wrong, mm-hmm. but my assessment of the matter is this. It's because in law they are they are not just tightening up on certain things, and because they would use clients when clients so 
give them funds in their accounts. They would use the client's funds and they would put them back without the client knowing, right? So they put back, they use client's funds when they use them, they'll put it back without them even knowing. And so they've been doing this for some time without being caught. And at the time now, the time now come when they, the client comes and say, okay, they want by the money and they, they don't have the money to put in the clients. The clients. And so they, they are reported to the general legal counsel. And then they you hear so them, okay, they can't steal money. They steal the client's money. And they ought not to do that because the, the clients say that you are not to touch your client's funds. But you see, some people, when they operate, because they, they, they have been operating in the practice for, for years in a, in a certain manner yes. without being caught, it just becomes second nature now that they do it without even thinking. And when they catch up on them, they end up being seen, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not justifying what they're doing, but yeah. these things do happen. Understand? Right. So lawyers can be Christian in my view. That's just, that's just, there are far more Christian, Christian attorneys now than they were. Okay, okay. Say, oh, you have to be teacher, lawyer, teacher and nurse and what have you. And that, especially in the church, you never find a lot of professionals in the in the in society because we were very housekeeper this market and that kind of thing but yeah. no more than ever we're having doctors lawyers right, right. Persons, that kind of thing and i don't think we have we have to occupy until the lord makes it put in yes in absolutely and, and rise whatever you whatever your passion is go for it so absolutely yeah. Good stuff, bro. Um, good, you know, insights on you know what is what's what it's like, you know, actually being a lawyer. You know, um, many persons, you know, just say pass judgment and say things, things, but they really don't understand, you know, even the the intricacies of you know justice matters and stuff, things of that nature. I, I was, I was when I was going to when I was going to when I was in law school, I was told. Some of us lawyers with the counselors never advised of laymen. And I got, you know what I mean? <laughs> counsel never takes counsel from regular people. people because yeah. I know you know, what, what you're taught is how to think like a lawyer. And I've done. And so, how can you be a Christian lawyer? You're doing a divorce. I, I knew, I knew you're doing a divorce. Right. Oh, you're so, and, and, and the Bible says that you're that until death and you're, 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 you're doing divorce. You understand? Oh, you, oh, you, oh, you, oh, you, oh, you sleep at night. But you learn in, in the law that people marry for various reasons. You have different kind of marriages. You understand? And yeah. whether or not we're not concerned with the, the adultery, the Bible does give, give permission to leave. We're not, we're not talking about Right, the, right, right. Absolutely. Yes. Your yes. divorce, your divorce yes. what you do after your divorce, it's yes. up to you. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not tied to that to your life after that right they are responsible for legally separating you from your spouse because a marriage is not just something under god but it's something that is legal it's a legal binding legally binding agreement that has when you divorce it has legal implications it has legal things that must be addressed and mm -hmm. it must be done once a divorce 
is taking place. So a lawyer is just concerned with the law. Simply put. Simply put. Okay, bro. So one final question, bro, um, before I let you go. So, you know, you you recently, you know, got married. You know, you're a husband. Um, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, what has, what, has, what has that been like? You know, I think you got married in 2019, right before the pandemic. 2019, right before the, pa- right before the pandemic. <laughs> so, I mean, what, 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 what you know, what, what's marriage life like? You know, I know there has to be, you know, because obviously, you know, before that you were single, you may have lived a certain way, but now, you know, you have to readjust, you have to, you know, so what has that been like? Let me tell you something, and whoever <laughs> is listening to me. Yes. It's very, it is important. It is important. It is very important. Let me just say that my, my marriage right now, I am happy to be married to my wife. I love her yeah. very much. You understand? Yes, sir. It's, it's, it's a life-changing experience. It is very, very good. Mm-hmm. But I am going to say that people need to make sure that they marry for the right reasons. And I said we're having a lot of divorces in the apostolic church. In the church. And in the church, right. Because marriage is what you put into it. If you're going into it expecting every day to be all mills and boons and every day to be all lovey-dovey and all, all in the clouds and butterflies and everything like that, you're in for a rude point. You're in for a not that. You understand? It yes. has good days. Very good. Most days can be good, depending on how, how, how the type of marriage you're in. But what makes a marriage build the strength of a marriage is what happens on the bad days. And then, if on the bad days you can say, okay, I mean to continue in this marriage, then you know, say, you're in a good marriage and that the marriage is on good ground because right. after the wedding day once the wedding day is over that's when the marriage begins mm-hmm. and that's when life begins and mm-hmm. that's when you get to know the person the good of the the good the good and when i say good of the person the bad of the person because we're not all per, we're not all perfect right. you, we get to, you get to meet to see sides of the person that you would not normally see yes when you are dating and that kind of thing. So you're living together and you have to make the compromises. And it has been a journey for me. And it has been a good journey. We have had good, very good days. We have had some days when we said, oh. right. you know, it's just those off days. But because of the commitment that we made, mm-hmm. you understand, we pressed on and the love get, get deeper and it right. gets deeper. I would recommend, and when they say, when you get, when they say, when they professor you have to do premarital counseling and all these things, when you're getting married, it's not an understatement. It's very true because when you are in courting, all you, all you're thinking about is getting married and that 
the sex and the this and the 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 the, the thinking about that and the love is you know you, you don't anticipate that problems will arise right because right this and so but when once you're married and you realize that love alone cannot put food on the fire love alone cannot put the bills and then sex alone cannot sex alone cannot mm. make you happy and that's the truth you know yeah. Sex alone cannot make you happy because right. sex. A lot of people, a lot of persons, they 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 they, they become so embittered that and they separate because all I was keeping them was the sex. They have nothing in common, nothing, nothing, nothing at all. And then yeah. the sex become monstrous, and there's nothing to keep them, and they drift apart, drift and apart, then right. problem get in the midst. Sex is good; it's an important part of the. But you have to make sure that that um, you make a, it's a decision that you're making, hopefully for life, not to have one, two, three, four wife. Right. So I'm married now. I just want to work out. I'm gonna marry somebody else. I just want to work out. I'm gonna marry somebody else. No, that's yes. not the plan. For me, I am happy to be married. Sometimes I want. Sometimes I want to myself. I just wanted to myself. You know. You know. But. <laughs> Mr. Waiting, what the journey continues. I there's no regret. There's no regrets. So it's good to be married. And I would I would recommend that every once you can, once you do the will of the Lord, you should pursue getting married. Great stuff, bro. Great stuff. Great stuff. This has been a really great interview. Um, you know, I certainly want to thank you, yes. you know, for taking, you know, uh, um, some time out of your evening to speak with us here at, you know, Friends in Ministry to share, you know, your views, your perspectives, you know, your journey and your experiences. And I know, you know, somebody that will be hearing or are watching this interview will be encouraged, will, will you know, uh, you know, can relate to things that you are saying. And, um, you know, I certainly want to thank you, you know, for coming on. And I really appreciate, really appreciate that. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. So this has been another installment of Friends in Ministry. You know, we spoke with Evangelist Gwen Gray, um, you know, about, you know, his experiences and, you know, this is Friends in Ministry, where we encourage and we inspire. And um, Friends in Ministry, as usual, is brought to you by the Gen Studios. Friends in Ministry is also brought to you by the Holy Armor Clothing Line, where you suit up, stand up, and stand out. Until next time, I'm your host, Ricky Ricardo, and God bless. Friends in Ministry, we encourage and inspire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Live from the Gen Studio, we enlighten and support each other. We're promoting positivity, positivity, friends in ministry. Tell us where you've been, tell us what you've seen, friends in ministry.